Listening to the SDSU Football Podcast, presented by the East Village Times, with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the SDSU Football Podcast. I am Andre Hagverdian, and I'm joined by Paul Garrison as always. In this episode, we interview two members of the San Diego State staff. Paul had a chance to catch up with Adam Hall. And both Paul and I caught up with Matt Rosano. I hope you enjoyed the interviews. It was a great glimpse into how San Diego State uh, runs its strength and conditioning and recruiting programs behind the scenes. Our first guest is Adam Hall, Associate Athletic Director of Strength and Conditioning at San Diego State. Hall, a former quarterback at San Diego State, is in his 12th season in the strength and conditioning program at SDSU. I'm joined uh, by the Athletic Director of Strength and Conditioning, Adam Hall. Coach Hall, welcome to the SDSU Football Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. Our pleasure. So why is it that you got into the field that you're in? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, maybe because I uh, I had tried just about everything else. To tell you the truth, I went into sales after college and Sold real estate, high-pressure misting systems, um, uh, door hardware, and power tools. And then I decided one day I was living out in uh, Palm Desert. I decided I wanted to coach, so I tried to be a GA. Mm-hmm. And um, Coach Hoke at the time, this is back in 2009, didn't have a spot for me, but he let me uh, volunteer intern in the weight room. And that's kind of where it all started. Um, so you went to high school out in Austin um, and, you know, obviously started your career at Texas, but then transferred to SDSU. What went into that decision about um, choosing to become an Aztec? You know, I just wanted to play. And uh, at the time when I came on my visit, I got to watch a lot of film of uh, Billy Blanton throwing the ball around the yard. Mm-hmm. And uh, J.R. Tover was my host. And, you know, kind of, you know, there were, yeah, there were a couple other offers at the time, but you know, I just wanted to be in San Diego. I wanted to be a place where I could play and play with great, great wide receivers. And I was lucky enough to play with three of them and uh, Jr. Kasim and Ronnie Davenport. Yeah, and uh, having Jr. is probably a tough, tough uh, host to beat. Um, yeah. You, you obviously though, I mean, you played incredibly well at state, um, put up some of the best, you know, uh, statistical outputs in SDSU history. What is it that you remember most about your playing days? I, you know, I just – honestly, I was one of those quarterbacks that was blessed by great wide receivers. You know, a great wide receiver can they can make a below-average quarterback look good. You know, and uh, those those guys that I played with, you know, with J.R., Kasim, and Ronnie, those guys, they made it easy. You threw the ball anywhere, and they were going to get it. And um, that and just kind of the friendships I built um, throughout the years that have lasted, That that to me that was the best part about playing college ball. So when you were hired um, in 2012, you spoke about SDSU being the place that you wanted to be. And a decade later, true to your word, you're still here. Um, what advantages does developing roots in a place have that maybe people miss who are jumping around from place to place? Well, 
I will say I'm one of the lucky ones because as a college football coach and really as a strength coach, you're, you're, you're really tied to the, to the football staff. And I'm a lucky one because we've had some incredible players come through here that have produced a lot of winning football seasons. And that, that, that's really, the players have allowed me to stay here. You know, if we don't win, you know, you know, coaches get lost. So mm-hmm. we've had an incredible amount of, talent and hard work and players since I've been here in 2012 that have put together a lot of winning seasons, which have uh, enabled me to stay around. And, you know, I'm very thankful to them for that. So then what you say, so you have that opportunity because of the players. Um, what have you guess you've learned in the last decade about San Diego state or about this role um, that has shaped what you're doing currently? my history here, I guess, and, and the fact that I've been able, lucky enough, fortunate enough to do it for 10 years, uh, I feel like there's something that works here, and I'm not sure it would work everywhere, hmm. um, but since we have willing players and the seniors pass it along to the underclassmen, uh, each year they realize what we're going to do is going to be hard, but as long as everybody, you know, now it's up to 115 guys from completely different backgrounds, believing in the same idea, right? And our idea that I sell them is to be the toughest and play the hardest, the longest of every football team in the fall that we play against. Hmm. Um, More often than not, that has been the case. There have been a couple, you know, lapses in times, but we had enough character in the guys that had been built up that we would rebound and come back hard, just like this year after the conference championship game, go back to the drawing board, come out and beat a great UTSA team in the bowl game. Yeah. Um, so speaking more about the players, I mean, getting Coach Hoke or uh, Coach Long before him to gush about anything is not always easy, but they both have just gushed about the players in the program. As the coach who spends the most time with them, how special are these Aztecs? They're awesome. You know, they, they're they awesome because, uh, and I tell us all the time, what makes us different makes us special, you know, and, and, and they embrace that. We're not a uh, we're not a program at the time that's got all the fancy, you know, amenities and, and, and facilities. We have great facilities, don't get me wrong. But when you look at the other schools that dangle that out in front of recruits, guys come here because they want to play football here. They don't come here because of the facilities. Hmm. And that's what makes our guys special because they appreciate exactly what they have and they work hard every single day to, you know, hold up what, what, what we have, what we have built here, which is a winning, tough, football team um so could you expound a little bit more on that vision of the strength and conditioning program at SDSU uh yes you know my vision like I said is to get everybody bought into the exact same idea right and that is to be the hardest toughest football team playing football team every Saturday in the fall now what goes into that is from January until August really they get to be with me and Mm -hmm. I have a different philosophy by many strength coaches because I think team is the most important thing. And we're all going to do the same thing. Now, uh, rep schemes are going to be tweaked. Uh, percentages will be tweaked for the bigger versus smaller guys based on position groups. However, they're all going to feel the same. Uh, they're going to feel the same after a Monday, after a Tuesday, because I think that's how teams get built. You know, you got to break them down in the winter to build them back up into the uh, image that they should be and that you want them to be. And every single year we go back to the same path. 
you know, winter's going to be brutal. Um, it gets a little bit better near the end. Then you get to actually play football, which is what they came here for. Then you go back to the drawing board post spring ball, and then you hit it hard in the summer. And really every single year it's building them up in the image of what works at San Diego state. And I'm not saying that works everywhere, but for us that works because the players buy in. That's interesting. So with, with this vision that is that you've talked about it being what works at San Diego state, is there a lot of change from year to year or is it, you know, I've developed, you developed roots here and now you're able to, to bring that to bear each year. Or like I said, does it, does it change going in depending on the season? You know, um, one thing that I, that I will say we do differently here is that many college programs around the country have a system set in stone, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to do the same sets and reps or the same exercises on the same days, run the same things throughout every single training cycle, whether it's winter, post spring ball or summer here things change things change weekly based off of where i think the team's mindset is hmm. um you know if i don't think we, we if i don't think we approach something the right way uh, i have no problem switching things up week to week and that is also a testament to the team because they have absolutely no idea what we're going to do any single day in the weight room or on the field and how, how do you think that that i guess there's like some philosophy between you know doing things that they're only going to see on the field versus doing, you know, specific exercises. So how would you say like that approach to the strength and conditioning like uh, prepares them for maybe the, um, what they're going to see on the field and the unexpected nature of football? I, I think it carries over. Um, I also think that you have to be fluid in this industry. You know, it, it it's not, you know, dinosaur land where it's just how much you bench and how much you squat anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, the players are fast. They're explosive coming out of high school because they've been training and you have to adapt to that with what you do. Right. Um, I also think that with our players, I never want them to experience something harder on the field than we show them in the off season. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, that, that is very important to me because once again, at San Diego state is about building a team. It's about a continuing a culture that Coach Hoke has built here, okay? And for me, my job is to never let the players not one day come in there and not be spent when they leave, physically or mentally, right? I want to test them. I want to push them because we have to drain every single amount of ability out of every single player here to win conference championships and to be in the top 25, which is, which is what we want. So Coach Hope talks about that the players in the program, that they're the best recruiters because they'll tell the, the potential recruits, potential players, what the program is like. And is that what you're describing, that they know what they're going through? And so then when they talk to people who are coming into the program, they're recruiting kind of like the same similar-minded kids to be able to enter in as Aztecs? Uh, absolutely. And I – you know, on all the official visits, I get to meet with the families in the weight room with the uh, potential prospects, and I tell I tell the parents this. I said, you're going to be with your hosts. Um, they will be able to tell you every single thing that we do in here. I don't hide anything. You know, I, I'm not going to hide anything from them. The players have free reign to tell you everything. Um, now, luckily, you know, you know, our players have been bought in to what we sell them, and mm -hmm. they are, like you said, they are our best recruiters. And I've been saying that for a very long time here is that 
they shouldn't listen to what a coach tells them. They should listen to what a player tells them because the players do what the coaches ask them to do. Right. They're the, they're the ones that do it. That's great. And then um, the, this team, the hundredth hundredth uh, football team um, in San Diego State history, you guys are in the middle, starting winter conditioning. Um, what does a typical day look like for you and the players? Uh, right now, <clears throat> we are back to as normal as we've been since before uh, uh, March of 2020. Hmm. We lift on a three-day split, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they'll be in lift groups. And Tuesday and Thursday will be early morning runs at 6 a.m. And as we get closer to football, I will uh, I will let the players take themselves through more individual drills, more pass uh, uh, pass Skelly, uh, offense versus defense, O line D line school, and we like I said we have great leadership that has been built up within the position groups where they can run those things leading into spring practice when the coaches can be back out there. So then what are some of your initial thoughts for um, the 2022 season or the 2022 um, team? I think the first week got off to a good start. Um, I think we got a hell of a long way to go. I think last year was great, but this team isn't last year's team anymore. So this team did not win those 12 games. We had a lot of guys that put a lot into it, but, Seniors leave the legacy each year, so that was last year's senior class's football team. Um, it's way too early to think to, for me to say if we're going to be good or bad. Right now, I'm just trying to uh, uh, empower the seniors to develop a culture of what will make us into a damn good football team. I think we have the ability to be damn good. Um, what we do from now until then will, and how we progress will decide if we actually will be good. How does like a player's performance in winter conditioning, summer, um, aside from, you know, expecting obviously that they do well during those sessions, that they're going to do well in practice, but how does um, the competitiveness and, and what they do um, right now, how does that kind of at the very start of spring camp, how, how does that put them kind of like in their standing um, among the coaches? You know, it's interesting. Coaches can be outside and, and, and watch uh, watch the runs. Mm-hmm. They can be outside and and do everything until a football comes up, right? So how they get in good standing from, and, and this is just from years of doing this, I want to see guys that are willing to put it all on the line. We don't do much striding here. We want guys to compete with each other at all times, right? So everything we do is going to be full pedal to the middle every single morning at those 6 a.m. runs because that's how you – uh, develop a culture of competition, right? So the biggest thing I look for, which has always, you know, fortunately enough, transitioned over to good football teams and um, some conference championship teams and top 25 teams, is they have to be willing to accept anything I throw in front of them. And if we have a team that is willing to accept that challenge and compete their ass off every single time they go out there, we're going to have a good football team. If we get – a team that decides to turn it down or not work as hard as they can, uh, then they'll probably run a lot more than they have to because they, they won't hit lines. And, and that day will be a day that they won't, they won't want to do again. They don't want to do again. Um, so, you know, it's all, it all depends on, on how they approach every single day. So, I mean, I know that it sounds a, a lot more like an art than a science. Um, 
even in a very scientific field, what are some of the, I guess, signs that you look for to see whether you are um, fully pushing somebody to their potential? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, th- th- there's lots of different metrics, lots of different things you can time. Mm-hmm. But but here, what what I look for is guys completely willing, straining with every single thing that they have. Um, and that the metric that I have is when we play spring practice, do they play hard? Do they play physical? Do they play smart? That's when I think a team has has gotten the job done in the off season. Do they play hard, physical, and smart? Uh, and I, I'll be the first one to take blame if we don't. And I tell the players that, and you could ask them. I mean, I'll take blame. We don't go out there and we don't play physical. That's my fault. You know, that that's my yeah. fault. So um, that that that's what I look for. Um, last football related question: um, the era of um, transfers is upon college football. Um, how do you, I guess, catch players up to the Aztec way? I mean, you know, whether you are talking about somebody who's younger who's coming in or somebody who's going to be joining that senior leadership group, how do you get them up to speed with, you know, how things are done and the expectations of the program? Luckily, I'm not very involved in the recruiting process of transfers right? Uh, because my approach won't change, right? They have to do it our way, which is our players' way. Uh, our players um, will do the job of setting an example for transfers to follow. And our transfers right now are doing a great job. Uh, they're coming in. Uh, they need to fit into our culture. We don't change to where they can, came from. You know, when transfers come in here, um, you know, the last school they were at makes no difference because they are San Diego State Aztecs now. They are told that from me, and we never mention anything else. Right? They fit into the culture that we have, and our players, not me, our players are the ones that demonstrate that to them. Um, so just, I, I, you know, as a way for Aztec fans to get to know you a little bit outside of football, have some rapid-fire questions for you. You ready? Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> Favorite food? Oh, hamburgers. How do you like your hamburger? Uh, medium well. Very nice. Uh, favorite movie or TV show? Tombstone. Why? I love westerns. <laughs> so why that one of all the other westerns? Uh, Doc Holliday was a pretty damn cool character, I guess. I agree. Couldn't, I mean, yeah. Val Kilmer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah incredible. Favorite movie, I'm begging your pardon, favorite uh, musical artist or group? Oh, I got to go with George Strait. Nice. Uh, what is your uh, favorite professional athlete, maybe growing up or even to this day? Who favorite professional athlete? I would have to say growing up, all I heard about was Stan Musial from my, from my old man. I never <laughs> got to watch him play, but I heard he was a hell of a baseball player. Um, Great answer. Uh, other than that, for mine, it would be Brett Favre. Yeah. What, what is it about Brett Favre that, that you admire? Just slinging it around the football field. Playing with a reckless abandon from the quarterback position, it's uh, he was he was the definition of controlled chaos, which I love. No doubt. Um, and then when you're not uh, getting the Aztecs ready to to play, what what are some hobbies or things that you enjoy doing? I love riding horses, and I get to do that with my daughter. And then I just like hanging out with my. Uh, we just had a new uh, newborn son, so I have 
daughter and, and two sons, and I just love spending time with them and my wife. Congratulations, man. That's that's terrific. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So last question for you, man. You have uh, the ear of Aztec Nation. Um, is there any message that you would like to give the fan base at the start of 2022? Um, say we're the boys are back to work and uh, we're doing everything we can to be the toughest, most physical, hardest playing team every Saturday in the fall come August. That was great. Thank you so much for your time and um, great. Good luck on the season and as you're heading into spring camp and all that you're doing, really appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, Paul. All right. Take care. All right. Our second guest is Matt Rosano, Director of Player Personnel at San Diego State. Rosano graduated from SDSU in May 2018 with a finance degree and just completed his fifth season with the football program and second overseeing the recruiting efforts. We want to welcome Matt Rosano to the podcast. How are you doing, Matt? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. great. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So February 2nd is a big day in the recruiting world. Um, you know, it's the official signing period day. Um, obviously, there's an early signing period and a transfer period. But how for, for you and your team, you know, recruiting never ends, right? It's a year long thing. But how special is it to get through this day and kind of have a little bit of closure before you move on to the next steps? You know, it's really special. And you touched on it a little bit. Obviously, recruiting is always going on and everything like that. But um, it really marks somewhat of an ending point to that 2022 class and all the work that our football staff has put in building relationships with these guys, not only this past year, but in years prior as those guys were underclassmen and everyone that we recruited. Um, it's great to finally have them officially sign, officially join the Aztec football family. And we're just looking forward to seeing how these guys progress in their future being Aztec Warriors. Right. We want to we want to get into some of the specific players, uh, but a few questions before that, more general questions. You know, the, the big topic around San Diego for years has been about San Diego State not getting the four and five star players from San Diego uh, who end up going up, you know, Pac-12 or other power five. But you know, that that this past season, you know, the team had three All-Americans who were from San Diego um, there's a brand new stadium coming. You landed a couple more local guys in this class. Do you think that tide is potentially turning where San Diego State can, you know, attract and recruit some of those four and five star guys? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think just looking at San Diego State and the city of San Diego as a whole with all of the um, the new stadium development, San Diego State West and just um, how great our athletic department has done in marketing our university and our athletic program, specifically the football program. Um, I think it's really starting to opening those guys' eyes um, to what San Diego State has to offer to the local community and the, the players there. Because obviously, San Diego football is our first and foremost our focus when it comes to recruiting. We want to get the best players from San Diego. Um, that's always our first point of emphasis going into every single recruiting class. Um, and I think that just with the development and all of the just additional infrastructure that San Diego State University has been building um, over the past decade, uh, I think it's going to really opening open those football players' eyes that hey, San Diego State is and gives will give me a great opportunity to play big time college football, win a lot of football games, win championships, and then also um, give them an opportunity to play at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. We we talked to a couple of the the commits recently, and they gave us a rundown of how their official visits went. Food was a main theme. 
So just curious, who decides and how do they decide what food places are part of visits? No doubt, no doubt. Obviously, uh, we're so fortunate that in San Diego, there's so many great restaurants. And um, really, uh, it comes down to the Coach Hoke is a big uh, big advocate for where we go eat and everything like that. So I'll bring him ideas and everything, but he has the final say as to where we go eat and where we choose to dine. And um, we go everywhere from places with great views of San Diego downtown and everything like that, but then also to just a lot of the great local restaurants that are, are so popular around the city. <laughs> yeah, they 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 geeked on on the food choices um, over and over. That that was what they talked about. No, um, but aside from great food, uh, how do you organize, plan an official visit, um, and you know what are the school's priorities for the players when they come in? You know, it's all about um, highlighting the entire program as a whole. Obviously, the official visit is big because um, it gives you a few days to really um, display and put on basically a presentation as to where um, these athletes are going to be spending their next three to five years here with us. So um, obviously at the very beginning portion of it, we're displaying the school, the academic programs that we have. So we'll have a meeting with academics, um, campus tour, getting to see all the various spots that you will be um, at on campus while you're, while you're attending school here. Um, another big point is getting them with our players as the player hosts and everything like that. We always say our players are our best recruiters and they're the ones that are going to really be able to tell these potential prospect prospective student athletes, uh, how it is here. Cause obviously we have a culture here and they're the best guys to talk to them about, um, the culture that we have here, obviously getting them in front of the strength and conditioning coaches, getting them from the football coaches. Um, and then just really getting deep into the relationships that we're building with the, the student athletes and then their parents or guests that they have on the visit. Those are all main points of emphasis. And then finally, obviously being in San Diego, probably the greatest city in America, um, really being able to display that and all the various points and places that are special in San Diego that these guys are going to be able to, to hang out in, in their off time when, when, when they do have off time. Yeah, we uh, we spoke to Coach Hall a little bit earlier and um, not sure how much ho- how much off time they have, but uh, <laughs> it's not much, I promise. <laughs> but he, he had a great line. He said, what makes us different makes us special right. about San Diego State. So what is different about SDSU as a program that makes it so special? You know, I think uh, one of the biggest things is authenticity. I mean, we tell we tell these guys what to expect. When they get here, we don't sugarcoat anything and we don't fluff it because that if you do that, once they get here and it's different than you told them about while you're recruiting them, then that's where things like uh, guys entering the transfer portal happens because they're expecting one thing and they got a whole different thing. So we're not going to sell them the dream in the recruiting portion of it and then flip the switch on them once they get here. So I think really authenticity is the biggest thing. I mean, we have a culture here and it's a culture and a team that is run by our players and our seniors specifically. And so um, I think just really being authentic right up front and then um, telling them really how difficult it is going to be once they get here. Obviously, we're going to give them all the resources and everything they need here to be successful. uh, But there's a lot of personal responsibility that we put on our players um, to achieve that success. You know what I mean? Um, They they have to do it for themselves afterwards. So I think that's really where we kind of stand apart with that. That's what makes us special. So your signing class has 16 uh, incoming freshmen. We just want to go through each one real quickly with one question. Um, first one is uh, Liu Amavai, uh, quarterback. 
what advantage does Leo have with his dad being a quarterback coach? You know, obviously he's, he's grown up around it. Um, his dad has been so kind of really ingrained in high school football and high school quarterbacks for a really long time. And so Lee grew up knowing what to expect. And I think you saw that just with the film that he put on there. I mean, he's pretty polished when it comes to being a passer um, in that offense at the powerhouse Tim view up in Utah. So um, I think that really helped him set him apart, really the mental aspect and the leadership aspect uh, with his dad being so involved in, in football. And then next guy, Drew as a party offensive lineman. As only started playing offensive line a couple of years ago, does that potentially mean his ceiling could be a lot higher because he's so new to the position? Absolutely. I mean, just a guy with his size, um, athletic ability, and then really what stood out to us was the grit that he played with and the physicality. Um, obviously, yeah, you look at you look at the time being played and look at how much potential development that he has. It definitely raises his ceiling. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing what Coach Goff can do with him once he gets here. Eric Butler, um, he played arguably in the best defensive secondary in the nation at Centennial. Um, how does playing with that many good players around him kind of prepare him to play in D1 football? Yeah, I mean, it, it raises the level. Um, I mean, that's what there's a lot of really good football down here in California and in Southern California in general, especially especially in that uh, on that centennial team. Um, but it just it just raises the level of everyone. I mean, what we say when guys get uh, on campus here is there's no way to replicate it because everyone is the best player on their team when they're coming and playing division one football. But when you're with a bunch of guys that are all the best players on your team, similar to how Centennial was with all the D1 prospects and D1 guys they have, it raises everyone's level of play because it sets the standard so high and each and every day you have to go meet that standard. So um, you got a lot of great experience playing for that team. And then uh, today, Josh Hunter uh, became official and mm -hmm. If there's a team that could rival Centennial Secondary, it's modern day Santa Ana. Um, and so playing for the number one team in the country, uh, Hunter stood out amongst a loaded roster. Um, what is the staff most excited about his game? Really, his leadership ability and instincts are off the charts. I mean, he's been a guy, he's played varsity at modern day, arguably one of the best high schools in the country um, since he was a freshman there. So all that experience that he's had um, playing with, but I couldn't even give you a number of how many division one guys that they've had on that team and being a, a guy that's been a leader on that team. Um, I think that's something that we're, we're really excited about for him. And Sheldon Canley, the second, his highlights reminds us of Donald Pumphrey's high school tape, you know, both broke off huge play after huge play, almost effortlessly. They use minimal movement to get by people. You know, neither looked exceptionally fast, but yet no one can get an angle on them or catch them from behind. What do you see from McCanley's game that excited uh, the coaching staff? McCanley's film was so fun to keep up with, especially during his senior year every week. Uh, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he was a threat to take it to the house, no matter if he was punt or kick returning or if he was just if they were just handing him the ball. So um, really we're excited about his dynamic playmaking ability. We think he has the um, – initial quickness and shiftiness in and out of his breaks like uh, Humphrey had back in the day that'll help him break tackles. And then he has that breakaway speed to be a home run hitter for us. So, I mean, we're excited to just get the ball in his hands as fast as possible. And Kyle Crum, uh, Coach Hoke mentioned uh, earlier this week, 
uh, Kyle alongside, you know, Braxton Burmeister and Will Haskell as being athletic from the quarterback position, given his physical tools and success playing at one of the best high schools in California, why didn't his recruiting take off? You know, this, this recruiting cycle was weird. Obviously we're coming off the COVID year and the COVID season and little things um, have been affecting recruiting and everything like that. But it used to be there, there'd be a pool of guys that would be senior evaluation guys that you, you liked their junior film. You wanted to see how it was moving into their senior year. Um, But really this year, it seemed as if basically every, all the spots were taken up high school wise once the season started. So a lot of guys that were senior eval guys, ended up not getting offers because there just weren't any spots, whether it be because of uh, extended eligibility because of the COVID season and also teams just waiting on the transfer portal to seem to see what happens there. So I think in general, there are a lot of really good high school players that if we were in, if we were two or three years ago, would have gotten a bunch of offers, um, didn't get that opportunity because of the, the lack of just roster spots in general in college football. And so then just uh, a little bit more about Kyle. What, what is it that the team is excited about Kyle and, and him, you know, enrolling early and joining that QB competition? I mean, Kyle can do it all. He's extremely athletic. He can make all the throws. He's a leader. I mean, in his junior year, when we he went and beat Centennial for the first time that Centennial had lost a league game in however many years it was. Um, well, yeah, he was he was 12 years. He put on a really gritty performance and really led that football team. So he really has all the intangibles when, that you're looking for when it comes to a quarterback, athletic ability, accuracy, arm strength, decision-making, everything like that. So we're really excited about what he's going to bring to the table for that room. All right. Now, Max Garrison, um, aside from having the best name, clearly, no relation in case anyone is wondering, um, he was named the offensive MVP in his league with nearly 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Um, are you sure he's playing the correct side of the ball with the Aztecs? Max Garrison can play whatever side of the ball he wants to. I mean, he he really is an elite athlete offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, sure. He, he does a lot of great things with the football. And, you know, we think about that all the time. You know what I mean? But I think he's going to bring a, a toughness and athletic ability to the safety room um, that we need. You know, we got a lot of length and size in that room too. And so to add some additional speed that he has and just a general range to that room, we think is going to be really great. Uh, Ryan Henderson, um, you know, SDSU's D line, they, they play differently than just about anywhere in the country, a lot more stunting, um, standing up. I mean, all sorts of creative things with the D line. What, what traits does Ryan Anderson possess that make him fit into um, the Aztecs and how they use the D line? Ryan's got a lot of size. He's a very polished pass rusher right now, very polished. And I think just with his overall size and athletic ability at such a, at really a young age, um, I think is going to be special for us. And I think we'll have an opportunity to play early. I mean, a lot of defensive linemen, the, a lot of them are developmental guys, whether they're thin right now or whether they have to lose weight or work on their um, athletic ability and movement in general. Sometimes it takes them a few years to really uh, develop those skills. But with him, he's already got this. He's already he's still like about 6'3", 6'4", 245 pounds. He's already he's already bigger than a lot of the guys uh, on our team right now. So we're really excited about what he's going to bring to the table and think of a great opportunity to play for this defensive line early. Chris Johnson, uh, cornerback, he held offers from ACC and big 10 schools. Why do so many high end defensive backs want to play for the Aztecs in their defense? 
I, I think the, the the culture that we have not only with our team, but on the defensive side of the ball, and then with our DBs in particular is really special. I mean, those guys really get after it. And I think that's one thing that when we get those guys on campus um, and they start talking football with them that they see, I mean, every year it seems like we have a few DBs going and playing at the next level and having finding success at the next level. Um, so I think really it's just the style of, of play and the opportunity to be a part of a program and a culture where, you know, if you're going to be a DB here at San Diego State, you got to cover your butt off, but you also have to come up and be physical and have a dog mentality. And so I think guys really like that and respond to it. Lakea Kapoy, offensive lineman, he could have played probably anywhere in the country. He had offers from Michigan, Arizona State. Why was he such a heavily recruited player? You know, I think um, – for one, I mean, him playing at the powerhouse St. Louis out in, uh, out in Hawaii, I mean, you see him, he's a big body that's extremely athletic when it comes to feet. I think he's going to be able to, he can really play both uh, tackle and guard. Uh, he's athletic, intelligent. He's played some of the best competition uh, in the country out of St. Louis. So um, I think with him, it's hard to find big guys that can move, you know, and, and he has those things with the intelligence to come with it. So I think that's really what made him so highly recruited. A wide receiver, Jacoby Kelly, um, he's listed at 6'3", but you look at his film and he looks shorter because he's just so built. Um, Aztec fans, Ezel Ruffin could be kind of that body type um, that you could think of, but he's bigger than Ezel was. Um Will that frame and stature help Kelly potentially see the field early in 2022? Absolutely. I think a lot of the times um, you have to wait on physical development because there's so much physical development that happens from high school to the college level. I mean, kids are just at that age where they're still growing and everything like that. But I mean, yeah, you're right. He's a big body receiver. He's got the frame. He's got the muscle definition, everything like that. Um, so, yeah, he will have a good opportunity to because he is physically developed. And then once we get him um, in the in the summer and the, the fall with fall camp and get him in football and everything like that. I mean, you see the way he plays. He plays with a physicality that we like our wide receivers to play with. And so, yeah, we're really excited about him early on. A local kid, uh, Rambo Magao, he um, had a very quiet recruitment but yet you see the mold that he fits for Aztec linemen um why did why did Rambo catch the eye of the Aztecs like I said it's hard to find big guys that can move you know what I mean he plays with that that toughness and physicality that we look for I mean a lot of it look at a guy like uh, Billy Dunkel it's a lot of attitude uh it's the size the movement skills and then it's just it's a lot of it's an attitude and the mentality to play with physicality on every single snap and that's what we thought that we thought that Rambo really embodied that physicality that we like to see with the offensive linemen so we're we're excited about him getting in here developing for us and playing a lot of snaps for us in the future Lucky Sutton uh Rambo's teammate high school teammate uh he just got upgraded to a four star on 247 sports what makes him special as a running back? I mean, I don't know how he couldn't. I mean, the kid's massive, and he's another guy that's already physically developed, and he rushed for a trillion yards at Cathedral Catholic and helped lead him to a state championship. So, um, I mean, I don't. he was another guy that his recruitment could have been uh, wherever it could have been if we weren't in the COVID year and everything like that. But, but that kid's really special, and we're super excited to, for one, keep him home, him being a hometown hero. Um, and then also can't wait to just feed him the rock. And then Hassan Mahasin, the missile, 
He was also announced today. What is it about him that made him a player the Aztecs wanted? And how did his knee injury impact uh, the recruitment process? Really just dynamic playmaking ability. I mean, he was a guy that visited in the, uh, in the summer. Um, and then he, he wanted to make a decision really mid season and everything like that. Um, but I mean, you can play him all over the place. He could play running back. He could play in the slot at receiver. Um, and he really has that quick twitch, um, elite movement skills that he helps, that helps him create separation at the top of his routes and everything like that. So, um, we're really excited about what he's going to do for his off, uh, for, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, the knee injury that, that was too bad because he was getting ready to have a really special season and everything like that. But I mean, a dynamic playmaker like that and just being such a hard worker that we know that he is, you know, we're looking forward to him recovering and just being here in the summer and getting to work. Uh, we had Logan Tanner um, on the initial episode um, and he was just talking just about his pass catching ability. And, um, you know, he had some high end offers and he said that speaking with coach Heklinski and the vision that was laid out for how they're going to use them um, really stood out to him and, and, made him want to become an Aztec. What is it about SDSU's offense that helps to utilize a lot of these versatile athletes? You know, like you just talked about with Hassan. Um, why, why are they able to use so many versatile athletes in this offense? I mean, the, the coach Eglinsky and his staff do just do a great job of being creative, being creative when it comes to how we're going to get the, our best athletes, the ball. I mean, that's the biggest thing that we look, look to do is, we got a lot of great players and a lot of special guys that can do a lot of good things. How are we going to get them the ball? You know what I mean? And so um, whether it's a guy like Sheldon Canley, Lucky Sutton, or then Logan Tanner, like you mentioned, finding ways to get them the ball so that they can make plays. Um, I think they do a great job of doing that. And then, yeah, like Logan Tanner, his speed, athleticism, pass catching ability really pops off the tape. And then also the grit that he plays with when it comes to blocking, because obviously that's going to be a huge part um, for him, uh, playing the tight end position for us is that physicality that he brings as well. So yeah, we're we're really excited to get him. He had a lot of a lot of big offers too, and uh, yeah, we're we're excited to have him. Uh, last football related question. This has just been fantastic. Um, Trey White, local kid, um, on his tape, the explosion that come that is just jumps out at you when he's pursuing the quarterback, especially. Um, is, is that what the staff also saw in him? And, and what else does he bring to the table? Uh, Trey, I mean, if you see Trey in person, he, he's a very impressive, very well put together. Um, and him just really dominating at his position ever since he, he was a young kid playing at, playing over at East Lake. And so um, really with him, it is that power, that strength. And he also has some good twitch and initial quickness and suddenness that you like to see too you know i mean there's a lot of big guys that can't really move and don't show that burst but he has that burst and physicality that i mean really our defense is built on aggressiveness playing fast and getting to the ball and those are the things that he embodies and we're really excited about him keeping him home as well another hometown hero um and he's going to just really be a great fit in this this aztec defense uh, thanks for all those comments, Matt. One thing we've been doing with all of our guests is uh, so the listeners can get to know the people kind of away from the football field is some rapid fire questions. Are you ready for yours? Yeah, let's do it. Favorite food? Buffalo wings. 
Okay, from any different, uh, any sauce or uh, seasoning especially? Yeah, absolutely. Dirty Birds, uh, spicy garlic. That's my go-to. So. Oh, that one's one of my favorites too there. Dirty Birds, if you're listening, yeah, I'd like to do an NIL deal with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. I'm sure they've got some some people from there. Favorite movie or TV show? Um, whew, That's a tough one. I mean, I... I get slack for not being a big movie guy right now. And I would say favorite movie, Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. Nice. TV show, I have to go back. I don't watch much TV now, but back in the day, it was Drake and Josh. <laughs> favorite musical artist or group? Ooh, I bounce around a lot. Um, growing up, it was always listening to rap. So guys like Lil Wayne, ASAP Rocky, and then coming to college and everything like that. I still listen to rap, but I listen to a lot of country too. So uh, Jason Aldean, Morgan Wall, and those guys I really like right now. I think Coach Hall said his favorite was George Strait. So you guys uh, go to country concerts together? You know, uh, I've been trying to get him to do that for a long time. So we'll see if we can finally make it happen. But yeah, we Coach Hall's always listening to country back there. So I'll peek my head in there. He listens to some good stuff. He's he's more hip than than he puts on. <laughs> uh what about favorite professional athlete uh let's go with my favorite i would say my favorite college football player growing up was tyron matthew i loved everything the honey badger did growing up and then uh nfl athlete um growing up too was adrian peterson nice honey badger is a free agent where do you think he's gonna end up I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see wherever he goes. I mean, he brings so much leadership to, to that defense. And I mean, all the adversity that he's been through, like from his time at LSU, you know, I mean, he's a real special player. So I was, I was happy to see how much success that he had playing in the NFL. And then the last question, favorite hobby out off the football field or off the recruiting trail. Easy golfing. I love to play golf. It's, it's tough. Not with the schedule that we have not getting to play all the time, but we ever have an off day or even an off afternoon. Love to play golf. Awesome. Matt, this is, this is awesome. Love connecting with you and getting uh, your take on a lot of these uh, incoming freshmen. I know the listeners will definitely appreciate it. So we appreciate your time and, and thoughts. Awesome. Paul, Andre, really appreciate you guys having me on. Looking forward to the next time. All right. Oh man. Thanks so much. All right, Paul. Uh, we, we had the interviews with uh, Adam Hall and Matt Rosano. What were your main takeaways from them? I thought both our interviews were really good. Um, starting with the Adam Hall interview, it was really eye-opening for me. I thought it connected a lot of dots about the SDSU program and their philosophy and the way they um, run things. And so I think it really helped um, personally to kind of get that all-around picture about um, who the Aztecs are what they value in, you know, just their philosophy, their belief about, about the program. Um, and then of course you can't walk away from that interview without thinking that the kids who are in the program, man, they're, they're, they're cut differently, man. That, I mean, we, episode one, we talked to three incoming freshmen who left high school early in order to go toe to toe with what Adam Hall was talking about. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's just, that's a pretty special thing. Um, Matt Rosano, 
I thought he was great. Obviously, you know, I think we can all look at the huddle tapes and we can all put together our ideas of what these incoming freshmen are, but to hear from, you know, the director of player personnel to actually get what the staff is thinking about, I thought was very valuable. And then, um, I don't know what it means, but I heard quick, quick twitch athlete a lot. And so I want to learn what that means because they clearly see that and are looking for that in the people that they recruit. What about you, Andre? Yeah, it, you hear the quick twitch thing a lot um, when you watch NFL draft coverage. You know, I, I, I follow the draft a lot and you hear quick twitch. You hear that a lot about cornerbacks because cornerbacks obviously have to react to a receiver, right? They don't get to run and move the way they want. They have to react. So that quick twitch ability is something – NFL teams look for cornerbacks, uh, but wide receivers, I mean, that's just as valuable if you have that ability to move left, right, uh, cut in, out, things like that. So I think, and my, my answer to that would be, that's what I think quick twitch means, but uh, definitely uh, more research on that. I think the Adam Hall interview was great. I wasn't, you did that interview yourself. I wasn't available for that one. I thought it was really good because we heard from a person that you very rarely hear from right. just with, from any program, right? You, the strength and conditioning coach usually is not, um, you know, upfront in interviews. And I think it was very nice to hear just his philosophy. I think just, I love how it's all about the players, right? If you have the players um, who are willing to put the work in and know that they're tough, it's going to work. Um, and then talking about how the seniors are the ones that are showing the freshmen the way, right? It's not Adam Hall telling people what to do. It's really the seniors telling them this is how you do it and things like that. You know, the players being the best recruiters. We've heard that from Matt Rosanna before. We heard it again today uh, during this episode and plus from Adam Hall. I think it's just important Um that if you have people that are bought into the culture, then you're going to bring, you're going to bring in the right people moving forward to replace them. So that's super important. Yeah. And I like, I like, I think culture is a really important word as well. Um, And it, it takes a tremendous amount of strength to not be as controlling um, as you know, is kind of like the in vogue thing in every sector. Um, but to have the confidence to entrust the program to, you know, people who just have gotten the ability to buy a beer. (laughs) I mean, these aren't, these aren't like, you know, seasoned veterans by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but that, that they entrust that to them. And like you said, I am talking with Adam and it, you know, it was almost like, I had to keep leading to get him to not talk about the players, (laughs) to not talk about what they had done for him and the opportunities they had brought him, et cetera. Um, So I, yeah, I think that culture, that unpredictability of what a team can be each year um, it's, it's unique. It's unique because you can't, you can't really script it on paper. You know, you can't draw a strategic plan that's going to show you exactly where you're going to be in five years when 
the red, the freshmen who are going to be redshirting this year are going to grow up and they're going to be the leaders in that five years and how they lead. No one knows. And I, I think it's, it's a very unique approach that I think is really smart because when you're the underdog, as all group of five teams are, you have to change the playing field. If you're going to compete, you can't try to beat UCLA, Arizona state, Arizona, and out facility them try to play the exact same game that they all play. You got to change the way the game and San Diego state has by finding these unique kids who just want to work and aren't afraid of being broken down every day. And clearly the proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, they've 110 wins since Hope took over. Um, so it's, it was, it was good to be able to see, how all of that worked. And I hope everyone enjoyed, you know, those interviews. Yeah. I I think just echoing off of what you're talking about, about the players buying in and people fitting the Aztec way, you know, we asked uh, Matt Rosano about the whole adage about how San Diego state doesn't recruit the top end talent in San Diego or the four stars, whatever. Um, But sometimes you might look at a player and go, this guy's a four star. He's from San Diego. He's really talented. San Diego State, why didn't they offer him? Or why didn't he go to San Diego State? People might not realize that maybe San Diego State didn't feel like he was the right fit for their program. And, you know, a three-star might just be ranked lower, but it was a better fit. It was a person that had more growth and development over the years at San Diego State. This is the guy we want instead of this guy. So I think that's something that fans sometimes don't think of. Um and maybe I didn't either uh, until we were able to talk to these guys and kind of find out why how why it's so important to have the players buy in um, for the culture to work. And then with Rosano, you know, I know this is this is what he lives and breathes. But you know, we hit him with sixteen names, right. and right. he he gave us you know quick spot on answers all about all of them, which is uh, that was impressive to me. I mean, I know that's these are the guys he's been studying and, and working on for so many months, but, you know, he, he, he had, you know, responses on all 16 players, you know, ready to go, which was impressive. No doubt. They, they weren't cliches either. Right. Right. Except for a quick Twitch. Right. I guess that's that what you're telling me. That's a cliche. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I, whether you want to call it a cliche or, or uh, a term, but um, you'll hear if you watch NFL draft coverage, you'll hear that from everybody. Yeah, I know. And, and I think, you know, speaking of the NFL draft, I think that's another really good point is that they have a lot of players this upcoming year who are on the radar, right, of the NFL. And that is going to be the path that a team like San Diego State is going to take in order to get top end talent. I mean, you look at, you know, um, Utah that went into the power conference and they're not out recruiting USC. They're not out recruiting UCLA. They still have that same blueprint of those tough nosed players that they develop that go on to be great college football players and then go on to the pros. And so I think that that's another really smart tactic by San Diego state to get these players who are ready to work and who buy in and get better and develop while they're here and become pro prospects, because there's a lot more 
opportunities for a team like San Diego State to do that than there is. Because even if they do get, um, you know, they have two four-star prospects. They had some four-star prop, but that's not, that's never going to be their entire team. Cause that's not even, even if they move to a power five conference, that's probably not going to be who they are going to predominantly have. And so finding this identity of the toughest football team, I think is, is very smart um, by, you know, Brady Hoke and his staff. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it for another episode. Hope you guys enjoyed our, the interviews. Um, it was really good to get a, a very different perspective from guys that you typically wouldn't hear from. Uh, listen, thank you, listeners. Again, please make sure to subscribe, and we'll talk next time. You are listening to the SDSU Football Podcast, presented by the East Village Times, with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison.